0: Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Sermon Podcast. Abundant Life is based out of Lee Summit, Missouri and has campuses throughout the Kansas City metro area and online. We want to see your life changed by Jesus. For more information about Abundant Life or for locations and service times, visit livingproof.co. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you once again, wherever you're gathering with us from. We're glad that you've gathered. Proverbs chapter 6, today, we begin a new series, a short series, on our core value as a church family of generosity. And so we are doing something, again, this year, we've done for the last two years. We used to call it Tip KC, but we're a church now in multiple locations, cities, communities, so we're calling it Tip Your City. Wherever you are in the world, church houses around the country, you can do this too, and so, why do we do this? Because we put the gospel on display in irresistible ways through generosity. So, a server here locally a year ago uh, tagged me in a Facebook post, and she serves here at a restaurant right here in our area. And uh, she she tagged me with this post. She put this on her Facebook page. Three families had come to her establishment independently of one another and had tipped her really, really big, there's the tip KC cards, and uh, she was just overwhelmed. Why do we do this? Because we want to be generous to our city, and that's the theme of the next four weeks is we consider generosity. We want to be generous to our city. Generous city, is that clever? I get it, I get it. I didn't think of that, but I just think it's clever, okay. This is why we want to be generous, individually, but as a church family, because When we're generous to our city, generous to our communities, we put the gospel on display irresistibly. And she was so overwhelmed by this, she actually tagged me in her Facebook post. This is what she said a year ago. I'm still completely lost for words. Ten years in the service industry and never have I ever, all caps, two exclamation points. She says these are three different tips from three different members. Today Pastor Phil of Abundant Life Church asked his congregation to pass on their church tie to their weight staff as a pass it forward thing, and let me tell you today I was humbly blessed by the members of your church, Pastor Phil. I grew up in a church that was completely driven by money for all the wrong reasons. They stayed in their Christian bubble and never reached out to help the community. Today your church and members displayed what churches always lacked for me, community and humility. I wanna say thank you as your pastor. Thank you for living and giving so generously to put God's love on display in really tangible ways. And that's what we're doing for the next two years specifically as we're in what we're calling this irresistible campaign. We want to be really intentional with putting the gospel on display in ways that are truly irresistible. So Living Generously does us that. It presents the gospel irresistibly. Church, it's not enough to say it. We need to show it so people see it. And as they see it, they begin to believe it. God really is a God of love that loves them infinitely and unconditionally, that has a plan for their life, and not just this life, but for all of eternity. Jesus died for our sin, but rose again to reconcile all of us back to him. And Jesus said, people are more influenced not by what we say, but rather what they see. Matthew chapter 5, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And one of the ways we do this is through the power of generosity. Living generously presents the good news in ways irresistibly. And so we're talking this month about that core value of generosity. It's a core value of Christianity. Living generously means what? It means living with a margin mentality. And That's what I want to talk about today and for the next four weeks, a margin mentality. This series is not really about money as much as it is a mentality. And I want you to see what it takes to live generously. We need to create margin in our lives financially because the reality is what makes people feel wealthy is when they have freedom financially so they actually can live generously. But it doesn't begin with how much money you make. It begins with how much money you spend. And so I want you to begin thinking in those terms that it's not about how much money you have, but how you think about what you have and how you feel about what you have and what you do with what you have. And so we're going to talk about creating some margin because the reality is compared to the rest of the world, look, do you know, I looked this up recently, according to the World Bank, the average annual income of the average individual in our world is $10,000 a year, full time. Work. I don't mean part, I mean full-time, the average income worldwide is $10,000 a year. Now, I realize we're not the rest of the world. I I understand that, but I'm just saying, comparatively speaking, we're all very wealthy. Comparatively, every single one of us, but the problem is we don't feel wealthy. And the reason we don't feel wealthy is because we don't have a margin mentality. We don't have a lot of margin for a lot of us personally. This is why, listen, if you make a million dollars a year but you spend a million dollars a year, you don't feel wealthy, even though you make a lot of money, because you don't have any margin. And this is why I've known some people that were the most generous that had the least. I've known other people that were the stingiest that had the most. Because you don't have to be rich to be generous. You just have to be generous to be generous. And so I want to talk about this mentality as we get going. As you begin to consider how I can begin to live with more margin, and it doesn't happen overnight, but it begins with a decision. It's a decision to begin living with some margin so I can increasingly live freely and more and more live generously. And We're going to talk about this margin mentality. It goes along with the mamba mentality. What's the mamba mentality? So this is Kobe Bryant. A lot of you may not be a sports fan, but Kobe was one of the greatest NBA players in all of history. He was known as the Mamba in the NBA. He actually wrote a book called The Mamba Mentality. And in this book, he talks about what it takes to be a champion. And here's the Mamba Mentality. While everybody else was partying, he was practicing. See, the Mamba Mentality is a whatever it takes mentality. I want to be great, and I don't know about you, but I want to be great for God, yes? I want to be great for the gospel. I want to be a championship church for Jesus. And the Mamba mentality is where he describes what it takes to be a champion. So here's a story that illustrates the Mamba mentality. So Kobe was a part of the 2008 uh, Team USA that would go to the Olympics in Beijing. And they called the 08 team the Redeem Team. Because in recent years, Team USA had been embarrassed on the world stage even though they had assembled superstars from around the NBA. They had been beat by less talented teams. And so they assemble this team in 08. They call it the Redeem Team. And as they're in the summer camp preparing for the Olympics, the story goes that the entire team was going out to party one night. And Kobe didn't want to go out and party. In fact, what he said is, no, I'm going to bed. I'm going to get some rest because I'm going to be in the gym. We've come here to win. So everybody else goes out and parties, and they come back to a hotel about 4 o'clock in the morning. As they're coming back in, Kobe is leaving. He's going to the gym while they were partying, he was preparing to practice, and they were so guilty by this example he was setting that even though they partied all night, they followed him to the gym, and that team would go on to win the gold medal. You see, that's the Mamba mentality. It's a whatever it takes. While well, everybody else is partying, I'm practicing. Uh, while they're resting, I'm going to work out. And I want you to understand that anyone here can create margin because it's not how much money you have. Yes, you need to make more money. By all means, go for that job that's going to pay more money. But in the end, if you don't have this mentality, it won't matter how much money you make because you'll never have the margin. And so I want you to see the reality in Proverbs chapter 6 as we get rolling this morning. What you have in Proverbs 6 is an older man that's paid some dummy tax in life. All right, I'm going to share some things I shared with my kids growing up that are now young adults, and that's kind of the spirit that this chapter is written in. You have Solomon, who's now an older man, and he's looking back at his life. He's paid some dummy tax, and sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, you live and learn. And what they're saying is sometimes you just have to go to the school of hard knocks and make some dumb decisions, and that's how you learn. No, listen carefully. The book of Proverbs is called a wisdom book. You know why? Because God does not want you just to live and learn. He wants you to learn to live. And as you learn to live, you don't have to go to the school of hard knocks and pay the dummy tax, and now you have wisdom by the dumb decisions you've done. No, he wants you to learn how you can live wisely and create some margin personally so that you can have more freedom financially and ultimately live generously. And this is what I want to talk about. You're going to hear me say this over and over again in the next four weeks. Decisions are like dollars. They return to us with compound interest. See, this series is not really about money, it's about a mentality. It's not really about dollars, it's about decisions. Because decisions always have an ROI, a return on investment, yes? I want you to see ultimately, what, what is a compound interest? Listen, if you're paying for meals eaten four months ago on your credit card, you're now paying for that meal with compound interest, the interest is working against you. You're now paying more than that meal actually caught. In the same way, if you're investing some dollars into your future, in, into your retirement, maybe an annuity, 401k, whatever it is, you're investing those dollars, counting on eventually over the long haul, you're going to get it back with interest. And your original investment will have grown. That's compound interest. Interest can work for you or against you. Do you understand decisions are just like that? The decisions you make today will define your future 20 years from now. And I want you to know, as a church, the decisions we made 20 years ago we're now living 20 years later. The decisions ultimately become your life's summation, your life's destination. And so today I want to give you three things to consider in terms of making a decision that you're going to get an ROI. There's going to be a payday someday. You're going to get it back with interest. And you're going to create margin by working up. And this is what Solomon now says it's going to take hard work. There's no escaping hard work. Uh, there's no way around, just good old fashioned hard work. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. You ready for this? Say, let's work. Here we go. All right. He says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Wow. Well, we're not easing into this lesson. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler. You know what Solomon is saying? Listen, the ant does not need the mother to get the son up in the morning and say, Son, you're 35 years old, go to work. They don't need an overseer, no ruler. Uh, they, don't need, they, they don't need something, they're just intrinsically motivated. Uh, an ant is always working, an ant's always on the move. Uh, doesn't need a mother going, hey son, I love you, I gave birth to you, but you're 29. It's time to quit playing video games and do something with your life. That's what he's saying. It's time to work. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Now, clearly, what we have here is a similitude. The Bible is full of similitudes, comparison, and contrast. God always gives us something we can see to teach us something we cannot see. And so you have a comparison and a contrast between the ant and the slug. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. You have here the similitude of the ant who's always working. And of course, I think a lot of us have seen the National Geographic videos, and we can kind of see in our mind's eye what Solomon is directing our attention to. What you have is an ant colony and thousands and thousands and thousands of ants, all working together, all doing their little, Apart. You have worker ants, you have soldier ants, and they're working for the propagation of the colony, and guess who? They're working for the queen. Do you understand that the church is a colony too? A colony of worker ants and soldier ants. Do you understand that we're called to work and we're called to war? But listen, we're not serving a queen, we're serving a king, the king of kings, who came to give his life for a colony of humanity. And so the image in your mind's eye are thousands of ants, and they're always working. They're never resting. And that, you see, is what creates margin. It's the margin mentality, and it also demands the mamba mentality a whatever-it-takes mentality. That's what it takes. I'm talking tenacity. So Chris Bosh was on the Redeem team, the 08 Team USA. Chris Bosh, superstar, played for the Miami Heat at the time. So after Kobe died three years ago, he tells this story. When they had assembled in camp and they were getting ready for the Olympics, he said, I want to be seen as the leader on the team. This is Chris Bosh. I wanted to be seen as the leader on the team. So I knew what I needed to do. I needed to get up before everybody else, and I needed to be the first one down to breakfast. And so he said, I set my alarm. I was going to make sure I was up before everybody else, and I was going to be the first one down to breakfast. He says, but when I got down to breakfast... Kobe was already there, and not only was he already there, he was drenched in sweat and had two ice packs on both knees. Chris Bosch said, that's when I knew I'm not going to be the leader on this team. <laughs> you, that, that was the Mamba mentality. He said, he was already up. He'd already worked out for two hours before I even got up and had my first cup of coffee. You see, what we're learning is to be the aunt, a, work, a work ethic of tenacity, of hard work. Listen, I just need to say this. I don't know who needs this. Not everything I say in every sermon is for every person. If the phone's ringing, pick it up. If it's not ringing, don't pick it up. But the reality is some of us have come to think we should get something for nothing. And the Bible never, ever teaches that never teaches that. The Bible teaches that we should be workers and that we should work for the things that we have. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be generous with people that have less than us. This is why we have a food pantry out back in this Lee Summit campus that served over 70,000 people a year ago. We wanna be generous with what we have, with those who have less, those who are underserved, under-resourced. But listen carefully, there's a difference between wanting help out and wanting a handout. And this is what Solomon is now dealing with. Be like the ant. And have in your mind's eye just picture the ant always working. Now I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, summer times, it's, uh, it's kind of a time of summer, lazy days, and sometimes get a little bit bored, go out in the backyard. You remember having an anthill, seeing an anthill? And every once in a while, because I might have been ornery, might have been bored, I'd see this anthill and I would go. Somebody else has done that, right? Please, I'm not alone. Okay. And so, then you're like, hey, I got to start over now. And you know what? Immediately the ants just go back to work. They just snap into action. Oh, they don't go, oh, I, uh, I can't believe he did that. What do I do now? Well, I never actually heard him say that anyway. I... I but they just go back to work, there they go, And every once in a while, I was an honorary kid, maybe just bored. you see an ant carrying a piece of food back to the colony, and you take a, an obstacle, a branch, a stick, something, and stick in front of them, just to see what they're going to do. You know, what I notice, they never give up. It doesn't matter how many times you stick in front of them, they're going to go around it, they're going to go over it, do it. They're going to find a way through it. See, that is the Mamba mentality. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Now, we can all picture, I think, the ant, but now I want you to picture in your mind's eye the slug. He says, don't be a slug, you sluggard. What do you know about a slug? Well, unlike the ant, they're always resting. They're not working. Whatever they do, they do in super slow mo. Now, how many of you on a midsummer's night would go out on your back patio and you would see a slug? And how many of you as a child, when you saw the slug, you ran inside and you got a salt shaker? (laughs) Yeah, I knew you did. I'm not the only one. Yeah, now we're having all kinds of fun. You pour the salt shaker on top of the slug, I'm melting, right? I assaulted him. Boy, you're a lot more awake than the first service, I gotta tell you. Yeah, some of you go, oh, that's so mean, Phil. I'd have you arrested for assault. I think it's obvious what Solomon is saying. Be like this, don't be like this. Hey, we need to live with some urgency. Uh, we need to have a work ethic of tenacity. If you want to be irresistible, and that's what we're talking about for two years, that's our theme, and you want to be an irresistible ambassador for Jesus before those who don't know Jesus, that are far from God, here's what you do. Become the hardest working person in your workplace. It'll blow people away. This is the age of bare minimum. Do whatever it takes just not to get fired. What if you started doing more than what was asked of you? I mean, it's what Jesus called go the extra mile. Somebody says go the mile. Jesus said go the extra mile. You want to be irresistible. I mean, take everybody by surprise. Work harder than anybody else there. Do more than what's asked of you by anybody there. You'll start to be irresistible in the workplace because it's now so rare. You guys, I'm not hating on you. I had to learn this myself in life because as a young adult, I had a lazy gene. I'm telling you, I did. I had a lazy gene. I remember about my first summer back from college. I had a summer job, and uh, it was a really good job. Paid like 15 bucks an hour. This is in the early 90s. But it was hard work. I, I worked bridge construction out at 435 north and southbound lanes. When you go over 435 at Gregory, think of me. I built those bridges. <laughs> Not by myself, but I was there. And every single day, I was on a jackhammer. It was hard. I mean, it's hard work, dust flying. I come home, my hands were just frozen like this from all day, you know. And I hated it. At that time of my life, I was all about fun and football. If it wasn't fun or it wasn't football, I didn't like to be around it. I had this lazy gene. I had to be at work at some ridiculous time of day, 7 a.m., Are you kidding me? Does anything happen at 7 a.m.? Is the sun even up? I mean, it's unreal. They would ask people to do this. Really, 10 o'clock in the morning seems like a good starting time to me. That's where I was in time life. I get around work. I'm telling you guys, I had a serious physical reaction. I would get lightheaded. I just need to go sit down. That's where I was in life at the time. And I remember pulling out on the 470, getting ready to go up to my job, and and I just had that pit in my stomach, like I'm just dreading the day. And I remembered a conversation I just had with my dad. My dad worked 41 and a half years on a loading dock, loading insulation on the 18 wheeler semis for 41 and a half years. And at that time of life, I just started to figure out what he actually does for a living. I never even understood or knew. I remember saying, Dad, how do you get excited? To go to work and spend your whole day on a forklift loading insulation onto 18 wheelers. I'll never forget what he said. Son, I never got excited about going to work, but I sure did get excited about taking care of my family. Oh, that's why you go to work. See, some of us think, I hate work. Of course, that's why they pay you. (laughs) You don't get paid for having fun. I'm starting to connect the dots. My dad didn't like work, but he liked taking care of his family. They don't pay you for having a good time. People pay you for work. And I hear people say, well, Phil, you don't understand. I cannot work for $20 an hour. I can't take care of my family at $20 an hour. That's $40,000 a year. That's just not enough money. Now, listen, I am no Einstein, and math was my worst subject, but I think I can do this math, $20 an hour is more than zero dollars an hour. And what you need to recognize is that if you're willing to work up and that's what we're learning. If you'll work up, that, that $20 an hour job is what will lead them to the $40 an hour job. And that, that $40,000 a year job will lead them to the $50,000 a year job. And that $50,000 a year job will prepare you then for that $70,000 a year job. But we need to just decide, listen, if you're a young adult, you're probably not going to graduate from college and get a six-figure income and a company car. Probably not going to happen. Maybe, but probably not. I'm telling you that because we live in a generation where we gave kids a participation ribbon and a participation trophy just for showing up. And so now we have this, this mentality that says, hey, I should get a promotion just for my participation. And that's not how it works in the real world. Nobody's gonna pay you that kind of money just for showing up. No, they pay you money for doing work And doing it better than and more than those near you and those around you. Distinguish yourself from others. It will be irresistible. And this is ultimately what we're learning. God commands us to work. Unless we can't physically, don't be lazy, don't have an entitlement mentality. Do you understand that God says being lazy is incompatible with Christianity? In fact, look what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In fact, God says to be lazy is on par with blasphemy. Because we represent him to a watching world, living proof. And when they see lazy, what they think about the God that we serve He's small, he's not worth. See, we're ambassadors, the world is watching. And so what we're learning is don't have an entitlement mentality. Don't don't have this sense of I need a promotion because I showed up. Participation. No, the reality is simply this if you'll do your part, God will do his. This is the principle in Scripture. Now, you may, you may need more money. There's times you need to say, I, I, I need to work in a way that I can find a better job that makes yet more money. There is nothing wrong with that. I took the sergeant's exam back in the 90s because for me it meant a $20,000 year pay raise. I was an officer making this much. If I became a sergeant, I was gonna make this much. People said at the time, well, Phil, you shouldn't just take the sergeant's exam for the pay raise. I thought to myself, I cannot think of a better reason You're so pious. No, what it meant for me was I wouldn't have to work a second job. I would have the margin then to actually stay home with my family. There's nothing wrong with wanting a promotion, nothing wrong with wanting a better job, but the principle is this. If you will take care of the little God has given you today, God will eventually give you more. If you'll do your part, God will do his part. The principle is in Matthew chapter 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm gonna make you ruler over many things. You need to recognize if you will work hard and work up, if you'll be faithful with this, God will eventually give you the this, but there's no way around it. It's going to be hard work. You're going to work hard all the days of your life. And I have an announcement today. This is just awesome. Today is the first day in the history of our church that we have now gathered to worship in the crossroads of Kansas City, Missouri. We made it. Now, we're going big on Easter Sunday. That's kind of the big public launch, Easter Sunday, Easter weekend. So today is a gathering of just our launch team down there in the Crossroads campus, a 1940s warehouse, renovated into an Abundant Life church house. But here, listen carefully, the story did not begin there. The story actually began here, in this little brick building where it all began. I'm telling you, decisions are like dollars. They come back to you with interest, See, had we not been faithful in these days with just little things, we wouldn't be today, 23 years later, getting a chance to do the larger things, the bigger things. It's true of your life personally, your family, it's true of our church as a church family. It didn't begin in the crossroads. It led to the crossroads. See, decisions take you to your destination. It began in the little days, in those small days, in this little brick building. We had a God-sized dream to reach a city. And there we were in that little neighborhood. Hey, if you will take care of the little God's given you today, he promises to give you more. Now listen carefully. It doesn't end there. It begins with work, but you got to be wise. Be willing to work up. Now he says, wise up. He says in verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. It's not just to work hard. We need to be wise. He says, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. Clearly, what we're learning is the ant has a margin mentality, meaning the ant isn't gathering everything that it's going to use today. It's gathering its food for the winter while it's still summer. So the ant has a margin mentality. It's, it's, it's going to gather more than it needs now, knowing it needs to prepare for the future, What are we learning? Listen carefully. The wise live for the long-term destination, not the short-term gratification. And I'm trying to tell you, listen, if you're a young couple, a young family, and we're dedicating a bunch of these young children today, I'm trying to tell you, if you'll make the hard decisions in your 20s and you'll create margin now, the return on investment in your 50s will be enormous. Krista and I were a two-income family in those early days. I was a rookie cop, didn't make a lot of money. Uh, She was uh, an entry-level programmer. She didn't make a ton of money, but we made the decision. Here was the plan. We're going to save all the money she makes and live on my income. Now, we could have gone out and bought a house on two incomes. We'd have created no margin. So what we were doing, we were creating margin for the future. And that nest egg that we collected over those first four years, before we had babies, before we had kids, then it gets much harder. (laughs) They're little money pits, (laughs) right? But in those early days, we were able to save a lot of money that we put down on our first home. And some of that same money today uh, has compound interest. It's part of our retirement. It's part of the future, and see, those decisions in the early days, what am I saying? The, the decisions return to you with interest. Instead of going out and buying a house or a nice, trendy, hipster apartment, uh, we lived in a dump, a dumpy, dumpy house. It was. It was a dumpy rental with an out-of-state landowner that wouldn't fix a thing. And Lord knows I wasn't going to fix a thing. <laughs> but we paid 375 bucks a month to live there the first four years of our marriage. That was the plan. That that was the ROI. Those are the decisions that if you'll make now, they will pay you enormous dividends later. But most of us want the short-term gratification instead of living with that long view of that future destination. And ultimately, that's true of every person here. What decisions will you make? It's the Mamba mentality. Maybe you don't need Dish Network. I mean I can afford now Dish Network and my wife is on me like every week to cancel Dish Network. Baby, we can afford this. We don't need this. ESPN. <laughs> HGTV. <laughs> Here's the point. I don't need Dish. I don't need to have a brand new iPhone. You know, every 2 years. These are the decisions you make to create some margin. And what we did years ago as a church is that very thing, creating margin, because our future is determined one decision at a time. When I talk about this, it's not money, it's a mentality. I want you to begin thinking differently with the long view, not simply the short view, because it's not good intentions, but wise decisions that will bring you to your desired destination, As a young family, young couple, you're in your 20s and 30s. Do you have a dream for your family? I mean, it's okay to have a dream. What's your dream? I'll tell you my dream. My dream was to live on a farm someday. God bless your dream. That was just my dream. I love the urban vibe. Can't wait to see you down the crossroads, but I like going home to the country. I'm a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Chris and I are now living the dream living on the farm. But the reality is we would never live there if we hadn't made those decisions 30 years ago. Live with the long view. Do you have a long view, a long vision, a destination for your life, where you want to be? Now, what's it going to take to get there? Think about the steps. You need to start thinking about how I can live below my means. I know it's hard, I know it's hard. There were times Krista and I have been like just right there on a thin, thin margin. I know it's hard. But if you'll make hard decisions, I tell young couples all the time, I've told my children growing up, if you will die a little now, you will live more later. Now, if you decide you're going to live now, you're going to live less later. But if you want to live more later, you've got to die a little now. So what does that mean for you? What decisions will you make? The reality is it began in our church 23 years ago, 2000. Now, I don't know if you can see this banner very well. This is a picture of my ordination in September of 2000, and there's a banner behind me. It says, removing the rubble to rebuild, and these are styrofoam rocks that we were sticking on the banner. That was our graphics team back in the day. (laughs) There we were this little brick building with a postage stamp for a parking lot, we were $164,000 in debt. That was the rubble we were trying to remove so we could prepare to build our first building that's now the admin building, the gymatorium, where we met and worshiped for many, many years. What were we doing in those early days as a church family? We were creating margin. $164,000 in debt. That was an enormous sum of money for that little church. But we had a goal of being debt-free by the end of the year, and we were by October. Now fast forward, it's 2012. Uh, We have seven services over three locations. Uh, We have built three times. We have bought property up and down this road on Purcells, part of which this building now sits on that I'm preaching from. We're $3.5 million in debt, we've saturated all of our space, there's nowhere else for anybody to sit, we know we need to build again, and we had a goal in 2012 of being debt-free by the end of the year. We paid off $3.5 million of debt in that one year, and then over the next two years, we saved $10 million to build the building that we're now in. Now listen, church, most churches build the big building, the big auditorium with the coffee, you know, and it's just awesome and it's cool and it becomes a lounging pad for thereafter. I said all along this building was not going to be a lounging pad, it was going to be a launching pad. You see, if you want to build a tower to reach higher and shine brighter, you've got to build the foundation wider. That's why we built this building in Lee Summit. By building the foundation wider, the foundation became the vision for multiplication. And what happened over the last seven years is we simply began aggressively, proactively creating some margin so that today... I'm going to repeat what we did in 2012, this is a copy of the mortgage, of the note, and Lee Summit, and today, as a church family, we're going to burn it. (laughs) Debt free. (laughs) Creating margin. That's part of the mission. Now, I want you to see, as we celebrate this together, what God has done in you and through you. Over the last seven years, almost seven years to the day, I'm gonna put you in there so we don't burn down the building that we just paid off. (laughs) I told you, it was never to be a lounging pad, it was to be a launching pad. And I'm not gonna share this for our glory, guys. We have not done this, God has done it in us. Abundant life is not great, God is great. I am not boasting on our accomplishments, but I want you to see what's happened. Because the goal of a church is not simply to pay off its mortgage and like, hey, we arrived. No, we haven't. No, the reality is it's about margin. It's about a launching pad, not a lounging pad. For for the last seven years, while we've been paying off our mortgage, God has been on the move. He's been on the march. We launched Red Tree Church in Winsfield, Missouri, 2016. Launched Three Trails Community Church in South Kansas City, 2018. Launched Discover Church in the north part of our city, 2018. Built the Lee Summit Food Pantry in 2018 as a part of our Fearless Campaign. You brought in one Sunday a million dollars, and with that million. Dollars, we built this food pantry that now serves over 70,000 people a year in our city. Hashtag irresistible living proof. We launched a bundle Light Blue Springs 2020. We launched a church in Peru with a compassion center, too. 2020, you guys sponsored a thousand children. Uh, launched Abundant Life Independence 2021. Launched another church in Peru with another compassion center 2022. Sponsored another 500 children. Launched Abundant Life online church house movement that now has church houses all over our country and increasingly around the world. That was 2022. Launched Abundant Life Crossroads 2023. This represents thousands and thousands and thousands of changed lives. And God did it through you. Decisions to find destinations. If all we've been doing for the last seven years is paying off our mortgage, that is not a win. But what we were doing is creating margin. And God did this through you. Not for our glory, not because we're so awesome, but because God is awesome and more people need to know him. Our vision is very simple. It's a vision of multiplication. We exist to see lives changed by Jesus and we are convinced to see more lives changed by Jesus. We need to launch more gatherings in new places, in new spaces to reach new people that are far from God that need Jesus. Decisions is like dollars. They come back to you with interest. And I want to say thank you for those of you that made the decision to invest your hard earned dollars into the vision of our church over and over and over again. Some of you have been long enough to remember the one campaign, the Imagine campaign, the Fearless campaign, the Impossible campaign. Now we're in the Irresistible campaign. And some of you have invested dollars into kingdom priorities. For years and years and years, as your pastor, I'm just trying to say thank you. Some of you just got here to the Irresistible Campaign, and God has brought you to our church for such a time as this. You say, "Phil, how we're going to do it, just like the ants, thousands of little ants all working together for the same cause, just doing their little part. Now, I'm out of time. Good news! is I got three more weeks, so I, I don't have time to talk about this. Uh, we're two million dollars two years ago. You know how we renovated that space that we're now worshiping in Crossroads. You guys brought in one day, two years ago, a two million dollar offering on a Sunday. And that 1940s warehouse was renovated into an Abundant Life Church house, 600 plus seat auditorium, rooftop. It's going to be awesome. Lives are going to change by the thousands in the next 20 years, in the crossroads. Now, there's a building right next to it that we've also purchased, an 1890s firehouse. It's gonna be Sunday school space on Sunday mornings, plus an Abundant Life Counseling Center through the week. We're gonna run the same play. At the end of this month, on a Sunday, I'm asking you to bring your best gift, your best offering. Just pray between now and then. Just one little part. Thousands of little ants, all doing together what none of us could do apart. Uh, I'm sending a video out this week and an email if you're in our database. I got a video I wanna show you. I was gonna show you part of it today. Don't have time, sorry Chad. Pick you up next week. His last thing is this, he says wake up. He says work up, he says wise up. He says wake up, look at what it says. How long will you slumber, oh sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. That scarcity mentality versus the margin mentality. He's just trying to sneak up on you while you're slumbering, while you're resting. He says, wake up while there's still time. Don't wait to do in your 50s and 60s what you should have done in your 20s and 30s. And if you're in your 50s and 60s, it's not too late. Start somewhere, start today. He says, Wake up. Uh, it was in Ephesians 5.14. The Apostle Paul said the same thing as Solomon in Proverbs 6. Ephesians 5:14, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Can I just say it this way? Don't blink. It goes faster than you think. You only get a minute. Better live while you're in it. That's a country song. I won't sing the rest, okay? (laughs) That's what he's saying. It's time to wake up. While there's still time, listen, the world is full of dreamers and it's full of doers. You know what God is looking for? Some dreamers who are doers. We still have a dream for our church, a dream for our city. The dream is the great commission to take the gospel from our neighborhood to the nations. That's the destination. What's the dream you have for your life? dreams become realities. But for dreams to become realities, you need to do more than simply dream. You need to do, we need to be dreamers and doers. Put a plan in action that's going to take you to the destination. That's what we're doing as a church. We've done it for 20 years. God gives us the vision. We put it in motion. God brings the provision. Would you stand with me right now? Let's pray together and consecrate ourselves before our God. Jesus, I do pray again as we have over and over again as by faith we put this plan in motion. You've given us a vision, God-given destination. Praying now for the provision that in the days ahead you'd make us both dreamers and doers. I pray blessing God over every person under the sound of my voice that you would put a dream in their heart, a vision in their head of what could be, of what ought to be and that God, they would give themselves all that is for all that could be, that God-given destiny. God, that your gracious hand would be on each family that would raise our children, the next generation, to know and love you, that we would pass on the blessing, that we would pass on the gospel, the good news, and that others that come behind us would find us faithful. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give Jesus the glory with me today? Praise him, would you? Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure and subscribe and share with a friend. We hope today's message inspired and challenged you. Let's go be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. For more information about Abundant Life, visit livingproof.co or follow us on social media at AbundantLifeLS.